Oftentimes the word eschatology is thought of only in terms of the timeline of Jesus' return and in regard to what we might call the end times. This is certainly one aspect, but not the full meaning of what eschatology is. Eschatology means the study of final or the study of ultimate things, and it comes from the word eschaton, which means final event or culmination. The promise of the gospel is that because of what Jesus accomplished in his life, death, and resurrection, ultimately, one day, God will wipe away every tear and sickness and death and all of the effects of the curse of sin will be eradicated forever. See Revelation 21 verses 1 through 4, among other verses. And that there will be a new heavens and a new earth, a renewed and restored and redeemed creation in which all things are the way that God designed them to be apart from the curse of sin and death. That is the eschatological, the final or ultimate hope, of the Bible for those who are in Christ. In this sense, all of Christianity is eschatological in nature. Eschatology isn't just the study of the end times, but really everything about Christianity is eschatological in that it hopes in and looks to a final culmination in which certain things will take place. Conversely, any form of Christianity that doesn't hold to this eschatological hope is arguably no longer true Christianity. I recently read Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven. I picked it up expecting it to be a tedious read full of sentimentality, but I was pleasantly surprised. Instead, it presents a systematic theology of heaven, which reveals that this eschatological hope is much more material and physical than many Christians commonly think. If you haven't read the book, I recommend you check it out. How we understand the eschatological hope of Christianity and our place in relation to it today will inevitably shape our thinking and our practice as Christians. A picture that the Bible uses to describe the place we are at currently in world history is the picture of dawn. See 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Dawn is an interesting time. It's the in-between time after the first light of morning has broken the darkness of night, but before the sun has crested the horizon and driven out night's darkness completely. During the dawn, light and darkness are both present at the same time, yet neither are present in full force. The darkness is not as dark as it once was, and neither is the light as bright as it will be. The promise of dawn is that the shift from night to day will indeed come. It has begun, and it will not regress. Its full fruition is only a matter of time. Peter refers to Jesus as the morning star, in other words, the signifier of the dawn of a new day. Another picture the Bible uses to help us understand the world in relation to the eschaton is Jesus' parable of the wheat and the weeds, in which Jesus describes the world as a field in which God planted good seed, but an enemy came in and planted bad seed. The farmer then makes the surprising decision to allow the wheat and the weeds to grow together until the harvest, at which time they will be separated, the wheat brought into the storehouse and the weeds burned up. This is a picture of the world we live in where good and evil are both present, 
and God is fully committed to eradicating evil, but the day to do so has not yet come. Thus, these two kingdoms, if you will, currently exist in the world at the same time, and yet the eschatological promise is that the kingdom of darkness and evil will be eradicated in the eschaton. Now, an over-realized eschatology is where someone expects that the eschatological hope of Christianity is already here and already now. They might say, well, if Jesus has come and the kingdom has come, Jesus established the kingdom, then there should no longer be evil in the world. Everyone, therefore, should be healed of sickness. There should be no poverty or suffering. And everything should be the way that God designed it to be now. And if you believe well enough or you have enough faith, you will experience it. This is what leads to what is sometimes called a prosperity gospel which is best understood as an over-realized eschatology, which expects something which will ultimately happen for those who are in Christ to happen right now. One of the problems with this is that it places an incredible burden on people by telling them, if you're not healthy and wealthy, it must be because you are doing something wrong. It fails to take into account the nature of the world and our time and place in God's plan of redemption, not to mention the sovereignty of God. Conversely, there is such a thing as an underrealized eschatology. An underrealized eschatology is one which does not recognize that with the coming of Jesus into the world, the kingdom of God has come to this world, even if yet not in fullness. So both overrealized eschatology and underrealized eschatology fail to take hold of the already but not yet nature of our unique place in time after Jesus' death and resurrection, but before the eschaton, which is illustrated by the picture of dawn and the parable of the wheat and the weeds. A balanced biblical view of eschatology, therefore, leads to healthy Christian living. This understanding helps us make sense of the world we live in today, in which sin and death and sickness are realities we still grapple with, without laying unnecessary burdens upon people that their illnesses and difficulties must be the result of their own lack of faith, while still holding on to the glorious eschatological hope of the gospel, which empowers us to have endurance in the face of whatever hardships come our way. Music